0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24 7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me talking about the game. They call it the game, Michigan Ohio State, because it is the biggest game of the regular season. Wolverine still, still pretty heavy underdogs. Uh, our, five, our five early questions actually held up pretty well. I mean, those are basically the same questions we're still asking. Uh, so, so this will be a little bit shorter of an episode. Apologies for the delay. I had a power outage on Wednesday with all that wind and then Thanksgiving. Obviously we're spending time with our families. So we got something for you guys today, uh, Friday afternoon and and Saturday morning. If you're listening then we appreciate that too, but we're just going to kind of jump right into some of these preview issues. Thank you to via Azul on our message board for sending me over unders and Steve, I'm now beating you by two. I had a great week last week. I went nine of 13. You went five of 13. So uh, uh, I'm two ahead of you out of 127. So I actually Dev- re- really, devastating, close. Devastating. I, I had a feeling you'd be pretty upset about it. I so
1: I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to get through the weekend now. That's well, you know,
0: you just put steel in your spine and, and take it one week at a time and for John. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I'll coach. take that advice. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Thanks coach. All right, let's let's start, and and, and by the way, normally we we do the over-under, we try to make it a quick little hitters thing at the end. We're going to try to add a little bit of a preview storyline here, uh, just just to give you guys a little bit, kind of reset this game for everybody. First one, 299.5 passing yards plus rushing yards for Shea Patterson, so 300 total yards over or under. Obviously, he's crushed that the past two weeks. He he has, and you know he spoke this week, uh, kind of about you know he grew up a Michigan fan. He's been wanting to, he's been wanting to uh, beat Ohio State. He hasn't actually lost at home for in a Michigan uniform, which I thought was interesting. You know he's from Toledo, and so he's he's pretty well attuned to this to this rivalry. Uh, obviously, Ohio State number one passing defense in yards per pass attempt. Uh, yards per game yards per I only given up six passing touchdowns all year hasn't even given haven't even given up uh, 1700 passing yards so Steve what do you think over under me I'm going to take the under I think it's I think it's going to be a tough game for both teams to move the ball but Ohio State's defense is really improved and that secondary might be the best in the country what do you think
1: I'll go under I do think Ohio, Ohio State secondary obviously good I know you know two pros at corner in Okuda and Wade. Uh, but again, I, I, I just still think that number is, it's not inflated. It's just another direct result of how good Chase Young is because that I think that number, uh, his ability, anytime you've watched them, you know that's a really tangible indicator of where he's changed the game for them And that quarterbacks just don't have a lot of time to throw the ball. I mean, you saw Penn State last week having to basically rely on short passing, to the tight end throughout the game because Clifford or, or Levis, neither of them had any time to throw the football. So yeah. And that being said, even when quarterbacks have had time to throw the ball, yeah, you have a, and I'm not sure about Jordan Fuller or Brandon White's prospects as pros. I would assume Fuller is a guy will get drafted, but uh, yeah, corner two really good ones in Okuda and Wade. So I'm going to go under as well.
0: Yeah. Wait is a game time decision, something for the fans to note. Uh we talked before the show. We think that's legit. We don't think that's gamesmanship. It's kind of a weird position. <laughs> the the right. number two cornerback is not a uh, gamesmanship injury yeah, why him? type of position. You know? Yeah. So. But uh we'll we'll see. We'll see. On the other side, one hundred and nine point five rushing yards combined for Zach Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins. Michigan has historically, at least in modern history, struggled to run the ball against Ohio State. The Buckeyes have a great run defense. They rank number four in the country. I know people kind of point to that Notre Dame game as, well, last time they tried to run the ball against a good defense, they they put up 303 yards. Notre Dame is in the 70s in run defense, and they're 50, 50 overall in yards per carry allowed. Ohio State's number four. It's just a different beast. I, I say under. I, I do. I think this is a... And lots of credit to Jeff Halfley and and Greg Madison for turning this defense from a liability last season to, well, across the board, one of the best defenses in the country. Talent helps. Talent helps. I think the team is, frankly, I think it's a little bit better run this year than last year, which is weird to say because they were Rose Bowl champions and won the Big Ten last year. But it just seems like this, the defense is, has a little bit more discipline, a little bit more Uh, depth they have more players who are doing well for them the linebackers had some issues last year so did the safeties I I just I don't think Michigan is going to run the ball that well on on Saturday I think it's I think the fact that they didn't do so well even though they didn't need to run the ball they didn't do so well against Indiana and Michigan State I kind of pay attention to that for me I kind of I kind of sense that that means that this is you know, John Runyon said after the Indiana game how he was disappointed in how they run the ball. I think they get over 110 yards overall. I just don't know if it all comes from those two running backs. What do you say?
1: Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go over slightly. I just have a hunch. I think Michigan's going to run the ball better than people think they're going to. I wouldn't be maybe they'll run it right at Young. Um, Penn
0: State did that a little bit
1: yeah Penn State found some success. I know they didn't find a ton of success really uh anywhere offensively, but uh you know that I think that might be a strategy to take in that regard uh but i am i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for the over on that one. I think one of the two of them breaks a significant run at some point in the game
0: sure, sure uh by the way, one other point I want to make about the run defense Ohio State's defensive tackles I think are very good about the best. Weirdly they they don't get a lot of spotlight. I don't think they have great pro prospects, but some of the better defensive tackles they faced this season, uh Devon Hamilton, Robert Landers, and then Cornell, Deshaun Cornell. I can't remember. Yeah, Jashon Cornell. Yeah, Jashon Cornell.
1: Yeah, was the size of a wide receiver when hmm. I first met him. Um he got large. Uh <laughs> I mean really though. He was he looked like a an edge like a linebacker, like an Uche almost type guy when he was originally being recruited, and they've slowly bu- I mean he was a top one hundred kid. They slowly kinda of bulked him up and yeah, he's been pretty solid for them. I think they were I think there were people in Columbus that were probably maybe had given up on him a little bit, but he's kind of answered the bell uh, this season. So
0: Yeah, they're putting up putting up good numbers, getting good pressure, good stop rate. So that's another component that I, I'm curious to see how Michigan responds. All right, next one 89.5 receiving yards for nico collins steve i'll let you take this one first i assume michigan's putting okuda on him uh 89.5 that's probably the highest receiver over under we've had all season but it's reflective of collins progress as of late
1: what do you have last year i mean he was their best player in that i game
0: think he had 92 year. didn't he
1: yeah and two touchdowns right um I'm going to say under because I think Ohio State may have to key on him a little bit more. I think if I think if Michigan succeeds through the air tomorrow, it's going to be Peoples Jones and Bell I think that have the big games because I think Ohio State will have to put just a little bit more focus on Collins. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to go under. I still think Collins is effective and really he's kind of one of the few types of receivers I think that can give Okuda a little bit of problem. I'm absu- I believe Okuda was the guy that covered him at least a decent amount in last year's game. So, you know, it, that'll be a great matchup. That'll be fun to watch two future pros. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to go with the under on this one. I think uh I think Michigan's second, third, fourth guys catching the ball are the ones who are going to make the biggest impact.
0: Yeah. I I got to go on. That's a high number to predict. Especially in a Michigan offense. It's not, it's usually a strength actually how well they're able to balance the receivers that they're throwing to and, and where they're distributing the ball. But I'm with you. I think I think it could be a big game for Ronnie Bell because I think Okuda, first round pick. I think Sean Wade's probably going to be a second round pick. I, I I assume he'll play at least in some capacity. I think I almost wonder if whoever Damon Arnett's on, Arnett's another guy who will probably be drafted. Has played for a couple of years, but I I feel like Bell could win that matchup. And I feel like if if they're throwing over the middle of the field, attacking Ohio State's safeties. That's something other teams weren't able to do. And so, if Michigan has the personnel, they have, you know, third and fourth receivers who would start for most of the teams Ohio State has played this year. If you think about that, do do Tariq, how many teams that Ohio State has faced would Tariq Black and Ronnie Bell start for? And be like maybe the one in, number one and number two. Probably every single one of them. So this is a, it's a unique, it's a unique, opportunity michigan has where they do have a balanced deep receiving core that they can they can key in on and capitalize on i just don't think collins is having 90 yards i mean i don't think any any of our listeners would be mad if we were proven wrong on that one it's just a high over under next one eight and a half passes in the first 15 plays not a lot of stats here on this one just hunch steve what do you think
1: Oh boy, it's a good one um I'll say over uh I, I again I think whoever I think running the football is always the most important thing in this game or nine times out of ten is the most important thing in this game, but I do think Michigan right now is throwing the ball so effectively that if the weather is not a factor that they may be able to try to throw to set up the run um just be again i'm I'm really going off of where the hot hand is for them lately and that's Patterson and that's the receivers who to their credit have been catching almost everything thrown at them in the last four or five weeks. So um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say over, I think they maybe come out and throw the ball a little again. I still think running the ball is the key, but I think maybe early on, I think maybe they try to throw the ball and again, get those linebackers having to think a little bit, you know, before they make their first step. So, Throwing the ball. I think I'll go with over.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 all on the over train. If if honestly, if they don't have over, I think it's fair to be a little skeptical, or not skeptical, a little critical of Michigan's offensive approach because this has worked for them so well the past couple weeks. And and clearly Indiana and Michigan State aren't Ohio State's past defense. But clearly Shea Patterson has found something that was not there. Even though he had a good career for Michigan he, and, and he's had decent numbers, he is clearly playing in a different way. And he's finding the receivers in a different way. And the receivers are, are playing in a different way. They had dro- problems with drops, problems getting open. They had lots of issues throughout the season. And so, it's clicking. I think it would be... I would be stunned if they're not trying to capitalize on that. Because I think, I think we said it after the Indiana game. the The best-case scenario for Michigan was that Indiana game where the best players looked like their best players. And, and the guys who they were going into the season saying, you, 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 and you need to step up, we're all stepping up. And so I understand uh, there might be some enticement to uh, kind of do the ground-and-pound methodical game plan, try to win with your defense, try to win the, the slower way. I feel like the passing attack is working too well to not use it. And so I I'm gonna say over, I think they try to sling it around. One thing to note with the weather, it does appear that that um, that the rain and the precipitation is being pushed a little bit later into the afternoon. More of a two o'clock is when it's going on. So they might try to pass while they can. I I, I could see Ohio State doing that too, uh, where you know pass while while the weather's a little clear. Next one, two and a half pass interference calls drawn on Michigan's receivers. I feel like three's a lot. I'm going to say under. I don't have any any evidence there. I know Nico Collins is very good at drawing them. I would assume Okuda and Wade would not be top 50 projected NFL draft picks if they were constantly committing pass interferences. So I'll say under.
1: Our first officiating-based question. Huh? um. Yeah, I'll have to say under two. Three, three would be a lot. That'd be... I mean, that'd be good news. You know, Michigan, a pass interference to me is akin to a basketball, like a guard who can get in the lane and draw fouls, right? So I think Michigan's got the guys that can maybe create those penalty type situations. I'm just not. History says it will be inconsistently called, and that's not. Uh, only against Michigan. I'm just saying, just in general, that it's going to be inconsistently called throughout the game. So on both sides. So I'll say under
0: three and a half touches for Giles Jackson and Mike Sainer. Still, Non-s- I
1: non special teams.
0: I assume so. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take the over. I I think, especially Jackson. I, I think Sainer still has. I think he's going to be one of those players that comes comes out of his shell and just has that extra gear next year Jackson just already looks so fast and I I I know Ohio State's got a lot of speed on its defense but I think I think that Michigan State package where they seem to I mean Giles Jackson was the leading rusher (laughs) I think I think they have something there and I think that I think they're going to at least four times in the game between the two of them I bet especially if Chase Young is getting a lot of pressure, which we'll talk about him in just a second. But yeah, if they're trying, if Shea Patterson's told, hey, on this play you're getting rid of the ball, you know, three three steps and throw. I think there's a good bet. Giles Jackson's one of the players that's open, so I'll say over.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm gonna, I'm agreeing. It's hard not to say over. Uh, I just I'm also, but at the same time, I'm not sure that the horizontal end-around type stuff is going to work against an athletic front like Ohio State's, you know? It I, certainly just, won't work as well. Right. I'm skeptical that it'll make enough of an impact for it to be worth Michigan running it. You know, and I think the thing is, is both Jackson and Sainer still have kind of established themselves enough as far as receiving to where I think maybe that were, that will be where they make the impact. Sainer especially, I don't know if they even – even run like an end round type with him. But, uh, you know, with Jackson, they've, it's been a little more diverse as far as how they've utilized him. Well, I you saw
0: they were comfortable with him downfield against Indiana.
1: Right. So, and that's, you know, he's again, one of those young guys whose first real experience was very positive, And I think he's built off of that. So I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Michigan's afraid to put him in a situation to possibly throw him the ball. So I'll go with over because, again, this, yeah, this could be one of those games for Michigan where it's going to have to be the other guys that kind of step up. And I could see one of those two guys, or both, who knows, depending on how they use them, uh, maybe be those guys. So I'll say over.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: All right, last one on the offense. One and a half sacks given up to Chase Young. Chase Young had four sacks against Wisconsin. He had three against Penn State. Michigan, to its credit, had kept A.J. Epineza in check. Kept Itor Gross-Matos out of Penn State in check. Uh, Michigan State's defensive front didn't, they weren't, you know, bringing the house down. Done a decent job against other NFL caliber defensive ends. Chase Young is a different breed. I mean, he is just a an absolute force. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, he's, I, he's going pro, of course. And I'm sure, I'm sure he's very interested in, and making a making an impact in this game if he can, I think he gets two. I don't know that he gets. I don't know if they if he's as disruptive as maybe he's been in other games because I do think Michigan will put together a plan that's not putting Will Fries one on one in passing down. I
1: still can't believe. <laughs> I mean that watching that game was oh, frustrating, goodness. and I felt really bad for Fries because I think he's actually a pretty solid mm-hmm. tackle. But he's not a guy, yeah, Young, not a guy that you can leave one-on-one on on third and eight. I mean, how on earth do you expect to convert, you know, in those types of situations? That was just some, I didn't know what the hell Penn State was doing in that situation. And it was constant. That was not a one- or two-time thing. That was like, you know, so.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to actually take the over. I still think he gets his. I don't know if he gets his as much as, as. Maybe he did against Penn State and Wisconsin, but he is—he's the best defensive player. Well, i I can't say that. I can't say that he's the best defensive end. I think either of these teams has ever seen, and that's really notable. (laughs) That's somebody. I mean, think about it. He has—he has sixteen and a half tackles or sixteen and a half sacks, and seven forced fumbles in nine games. That is just – I mean, actually, he is averaging more than a sack and a half per game by that by that number. So and that's with the I, two
1: games that he missed against like horrible competition. He'd probably have like 21 <laughs> sacks or 22 sacks if he played against, you know, Rutgers and Maryland. Man,
0: so. unbelievable. So, yes, I'm taking the over. I don't think that means that he dominates Michigan or that Michigan has no chance, but I think even doing well against Chase Young might be holding him to two sacks. Steve, over-under.
1: Yeah, I got to go over, too. Just watch too much of them. I just think he'd, he... Yeah, it's going to be one of those deals where he's going to get his throughout the game. Uh, it's just a matter of, yeah, can Michigan sort of... They're not going to be able to neutralize a guy like that fully, but can they kind of limit him? You know, almost like... You know, like, I don't know, when you play against defensive... De- defenses against Barry. You know, you just got to kind of hope to contain him a little bit.
0: Yeah, and, hold him and, to 150.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, so I think with... With Michigan and with Young, I think that's kind of the goal. Is I'm Interested, I assume, they'll line him up on the right side more, maybe more a little challenge that's, Mayfield a little bit That's what they've more.
0: done. I right. also wondered, I, I hypothesized today on the radio show, do they put him on the right side so that quarterbacks are constantly aware of him and seeing him and basing their decisions on where he is?
1: I think that's a, it makes a lot of sense because he's, because, again, even when he's not getting the sack, that's mm-hmm. the other thing people got to know by a saying that he's that we're predicting over on one and a half sacks for maybe even if he only gets two, there's still going to be a lot of plays that are affected by the pressure that he's getting around the edge. So, uh, you know, and I, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, cause I think it's, it is almost more effective that way to know you, you think that it'd be more effective to come around the blind side and they don't see you. But I actually feel like in his situation, yeah, a lot of times it would make more sense for you to be aware and cognizant of where he's at, because he's usually there so quick <laughs> that you gotta, you know, yeah, you gotta speed up your decision-making a little bit more.
0: All right. Let's jump, lump some of these defensive ones together. So next two on the defense side of the ball, two and a half sacks and 0.5 interceptions for Michigan's defense. I think for the sacks, actually I'm going to take the over on both. They're both critical questions. Uh, Justin Fields, has only thrown one interception all year. Ohio State's offensive line is much improved. But I feel like Michigan's defense, we've, we've talked about it for a few weeks, a little bit better equipped, a little bit more of a pass rush this year than last year. Health plays a role. I think the the defensive tackles have, have aided that. They're playing a little bit better than last season. And Aiden Hutchinson, we've seen him in these rivalry games. He is... If, Michigan, if he's not one of Michigan fans, like, two or three favorite players, I don't know if they're paying enough attention because he is, like, everything they could want in a defensive end from a, from a intensity, from a Michigan, the, the cliche of Michigan man. I mean, he looked, he looked like a man possessed against Michigan State, and I think he was the same against Notre Dame. And so uh, I think he's going to play well. I think they actually do get a few sacks, and I think they do get an interception. Um, that one I'm a little less sure on because Fields hasn't thrown many and Michigan hasn't made that many interceptions. I just, I feel like maybe it's the, the zone, the weather, the zone defense, the weather. I, I think they might, I think they might get one. And so I'm going to, I'm actually taking the over for both, which I was a little surprised by.
1: Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm going to have to too. I I think as a unit, Michigan is generating more pressure than any. Team in the country, right? Isn't that the pro football focus that I saw? That their pass rush, their, uh, oh, what's the, like, successful rush rate or, or pressure rate is. Pressure is rate? The, sure. I believe they're the tops in the country in pressure rate. And that's the wow. one thing. okay. We talked about, you know, Ohio State's actually weirdly been susceptible to sacks, right? I mean, haven't they been pretty average as far as.
0: Yeah, aren't they like 83rd in sacks was, allowed?
1: Right. And which is. Kind of fascinating to me that they've turned the ball over so few times with such a high sack rate. Uh, like I know that Fields, well, I guess when he escapes, it's not going to be a sack. But you know, with, when you're yielding that many sacks or, or you know that you're allowing that much pressure, that's usually conducive to turning the football over in some capacity. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder. If that's where, because that's one of the quietly one of the things that I think is going to give Michigan its best chances. I think they're going to be as effective up front on the other side as Ohio State is on their side. I think, mm-hmm. again, Young, far and away the best defensive lineman, at least, if not player, maybe almost in this game. But from top to bottom, I think Michigan has a much wider array of players who can get pressure on the quarterback. And so it, it for it's almost a different challenge if you're Ohio State as far as it's not so much about keying on one guy, you know, and that's where again if right. you look like the last couple of years, use sixteen. Michigan had like some insane amount of tackles for loss in that game, and in seventeen it was the defense that kind of carried them with a with what was a very young and green unit. It's really only. I don't look at fifteen. So fifteen was a game I don't think anybody expected Michigan to win. But by and large, like Michigan has had a high amount of success against Ohio State defensively. It was just last year was the really was the exception and not the rule. Um, so I, I and with the statistics kind of laid out the way they are, and with Michigan again defensively, like I said last week, playing better and then also having faster guys at important positions. I think you're going to continue. I think they're going to be able to get force some pressure and, and make fields, make some, again, quicker. It's all about making quicker decisions than what you want to make. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm pretty much going to end up handing you the, the trophy for overrunners because I'm, because <laughs> I'm agreeing with you most of these, but I have to go with what I think. And, and I think I'm going to go over on both of them as well.
0: Hey, we got the bull game too. All right. Next to 99.5 yards rushing for JK Dobbins and 319.5 yards Passing and rushing for Justin Fields. For me, I think these are both pretty easy to me. I, I do think Dobbins is actually gonna get a hundred yards. I think he's too integral a part of their of their offense. I tweeted out the stat that Michigan actually leads the nation in yards allowed per carry since in since October began. But they haven't faced they've only faced one top 40 rushing offense in that time that was notre dame who ranks 40th in yards per carry and so i do think that number is a little inflated and i think i think dobbins is just the truth i think he's gonna get his i don't know if he'll get 200 but i do think he'll get 100 Uh, as far as fields i'm taking the under on that one i i'm a big justin fields fan but he has not put up great numbers against good teams and he has not he hasn't played in a road game like this. So for me to sit here and say he'll get three hundred and twenty yards of total offense, that is that is just too high for me. So I've got over on Dobbins, under on Fields. Steve, what do you think?
1: I mean, I gotta agree. I think even yeah, if Dobbins reaches it could be a high volume one hundred, you know, like a twenty one or twenty two carries type deal. But I do think that he'll get eventually get over a hundred yards particularly like I said if if by chance the weather does turn you know like both teams are gonna have to run the football a lot mm-hmm. and I definitely agree on the under with fields uh I, I don't I don't see he again, isn't
0: even averaging that much
1: right and and again this will be by far the coldest game that he's played in it's the first real road environment that he's been in again you remember Ohio State's road games this season were indiana nebraska rutgers and who's the northwest northwestern so three of the worst teams in the conference by far and indiana who again they're they've lost to the four really the four good teams that they've played so nowhere near what he'll face tomorrow so i'm, I'm gonna have to go with with the odds there and, and the under okay if, if both those guys go over michigan's gonna get beaten pretty badly i mean there's just almost no way to other way to put it it'd be shocking if they were in the game and both those guys hit over
0: next one two and a half plays of 35 yards or more given up by the defense i'm gonna say over i think they have you know they don't quite have like paris campbell and terry mclaurin were kind of they they were absolute big play big play threats um They still have some big play threats, though. I mean, Chris Olave, uh, K.J. Hill, Dobbins, I mentioned. That's maybe been the one thing in Michigan. When when teams have had success against Michigan, against Michigan's defense this season, it was Wisconsin and Penn State, and they both had multiple big plays. I don't know if they were exactly 35 yards. Actually, that's kind of a high number.
1: Penn State's were. Wasn't it Penn State had, what would we say, 70% of their offense on four plays?
0: Yeah, but a couple of those plays weren't 35 yards.
1: No? Uh-huh.
0: No, a couple of them, I think it was like 25 or more. All right. But um, granted, that's not that different. But but still, th- three plays of 40 yards or more, that kind of goes against the close game narrative that I'm, I'm right. outlining. Yep. I'm going to say over still. I, uh...
1: I'm going under on this one
0: okay well let's let's disagree for the sake of it right. um yeah i ohio state's a great big play offense i think i saw they have uh 75 plays of 20 yards or more this season that's like what's that it's like almost seven per game and so you know, michigan's defense i don't think they'll allow a ton but could i see three plays of 40 yards or more yeah i think i could i or 35 yards or more i i I think so.
1: I'm just going with the under. Yeah, I, I just again, that's another one of those where I'm not picking a blowout by any means. And if I if that was the over, I feel like it's not going to be a close game.
0: Mhm. Yeah, no, I I went against my narrative there. Right. Oh well. Uh, next two, final two, point five plays for Josh Ross. So do they do they make this the fourth game he's played this season? 'Cause I know they want to redshirt him, so he plays in either this or the bowl game. And then thirteen point five points for Ohio State's max lead in the game. So do they ever lead by two touchdowns in this game for Ross? I say he plays. I think this is more important to him than a bowl game would be. And and then as far as the biggest lead, oh the it is tempting to take take the over because I, I can just envision a scenario where Ohio State has a couple minutes where where they're just running circles around Michigan but I'm actually going to take the under on on the biggest lead just because it's consistent with the kind of game I'm forecasting so zero point5 plays for Josh Ross thirteen point five points for Ohio State's biggest lead in the game
1: I'm hesitant to say over as Ross hasn't played in how long you he know? hasn't
0: played since the Wisconsin game but I mean did but Harbaugh did say he's going to play in one more this year.
1: Yeah. Um, it's just – it, and this is not a knock on Ross, who I think is going to be – still has great football left to play at Michigan and and important football to play. But you've been sitting that long. How much is that benefiting Michigan to throw a cold – I mean, it, maybe do they have a scheme or a package maybe where they, they can put him in there? But uh, I'm going to actually go with the under. I think maybe the focus would be for the on the bowl game for him. And then, under on the lead thing, I think this is gonna be a close game.
0: Okay, and then finally, our predictions for the game. Uh, Steve, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, okay. I, I have thirty-one to twenty-seven. I have Ohio State winning. I, I you know, just by the score alone, people probably know that I think Michigan has a legitimate chance to win this game. I've been criti- really critical of Ohio State's schedule. The problem is they've been so crisp even with that schedule that I'm not sure like how much I can knock them necessarily. It's not as if they have there's not been a game this season maybe Penn State for about a quarter you know right, where where you, minutes, yeah. Yeah, where you felt like they played down to their competition a little bit. I know Michigan's really fired up. I know that, you know, I think I just I think the mindset this year is different than it's ever has been based on what happened last year. I'm just not quite sure they have the horses to Ohio State's just so good at the the top tip top. You have three of mm-hmm. maybe the six or seven best players in the country on that roster. And that's hard. You know, at the end of the day, it's difficult to beat teams that have that collection of talent at the top of your, you know, at the top. And so, I just feel like it's one of those games where their big players are going to make just a couple more big plays than what Michigan does. So, I have Ohio State 31, Michigan 27.
0: Okay. I'm similar. I I think, I do think Michigan is going to play pretty well, actually. I think they're going to make it a game. I think the offense is the best that it's been all season, maybe all past couple seasons. I think the defense is, is in that same boat. I think they're peaking. I think you, you bring up a good point. The hunger for this game feels a little bit more than any of the previous games. And I don't, I've always kind of downplayed the, Oh, the team that's hungrier wins. No, the better team wins, but I do think it's worth something that Michigan has circled this and thought about it all season I think the fact they have nothing else to play for is notable, too. I mean, they, they realize that if they can win this, it saves the season. And they can, they don't, I mean.
1: It puts doubt you know, into Ohio it. State's.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I, think
1: it will matter, but it could put some doubt into it, right?
0: Right. And so, so I, I do think there's a lot of things going in Michigan's favor. I, I think at home, they haven't lost at home when John O'Corn wasn't their quarterback since 2015. They're 30-4 and four at home under Jim Harbaugh. And so it's, it's clearly a different kind of team. It's clearly a different kind of team uh, in Ann Arbor. And Ohio State, I think some players are ready for that. I don't know if they all are. I think, you know, we, you bring up a good point about how crisp they've looked. Because I think we both agree that Michigan would have a pretty good chance of being 11-0 and if they had played Ohio State's schedule. Getting Penn State and Wisconsin at home, the road games being, yep. not not facing Notre Dame, the road games being, Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, and Rutgers. Is there anybody yeah.
1: who doesn't think that I mean, that Michigan would be undefeated with the same schedule? Because I agree. The one thing that makes that leads me to almost want to pick Michigan is that fact alone. If the shoe was on the other foot, you know I think Ohio State would still be undefeated, probably with going think to, so. going to Wisconsin and Penn State. But you know, I also think Michigan would be, yeah. Didn't mean to cut you off. Just I know that we talked about that. Had some strong opinions on that. That Michigan would probably be eleven and zero right now if they had that same schedule for sure.
0: So I don't, I don't think this is an impossible task for Michigan. But I will say it is improbable. They only have three wins over number one teams in their entire history. So the seventy, I'm sorry, the eighty three years of the polls three wins over number one teams, and only one came after the first two weeks of the season. So a couple of those number one rankings were were maybe a little premature. And the one that is, of course, Michigan fans, it celebrated 50-year anniversary of that game just a couple days ago. So it's they have a great chance at history. I think they have a real chance, but I, I think that fourth quarter, I, we've seen this story before, 2014, 20, 20, uh, 2015, 20 well kind of 2016 uh 2017 and then 2018 that fourth quarter ohio state just the talent wins out no matter how how good michigan plays in the early on no matter how well they're coached ohio state i mean i think i think i saw I, i i look at some of these seven round mock drafts i think they're gonna have 12 players drafted next spring again and then that's not counting fields, that's not counting uh, some of the sophomores that they're playing. And so really just a, just at a different level. You, know, you talk to Ohio State people, they'll tell you this this might be the best team they've ever had. From an NFL perspective, from a college perspective, very real chance at winning a national title. So I've got Ohio State winning 31 to 24. so kind of similar type game to to what, to what Steve predicted. But for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. We sure like to talk about it, but we don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. uh, So can't wait to find out. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Check out some of our stories over at themichiganinsider.com and michigan.247sports.com. Lots of preview content for this game. And we'll have lots of post-game content for this game. So be sure to to stick around for that. We'll have a podcast on Sunday talking about the game and, and win or lose, what it means moving forward. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you later on this week.